everybody. Welcome to Ubaldi Reports. Well, the Republican and Democratic conventions are over, and now we officially have the candidates who are going to run for president in 2016. I think everybody knew it was going to be Republican Donald Trump and Democratic uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Now, both of them had a bump after the convention. Donald Trump got about a 4 or 5% uh, bump on his convention, and Hillary Clinton got, I think, around about 7%. But it was interesting, after the Democratic um, convention, Donald Trump got into a spat with a Gold Star family, the Khan family, who had lost their son in Iraq in 2004. Now, the Khans are a Muslim family from immigrated from Pakistan, and they were totally against the, um, the temperament and the policies that Donald Trump wants to push, especially about uh, not having Muslims immigrate to the United States or at least put a big screening on them. So they really came on unglued on him, and the media just really pumped that up. Now, Donald Trump really stepped into it. Now, we'll get into that in a little bit. But there are problems for both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Now, we started off a little bit talking about what Donald Trump did. But even Hillary Clinton, after her um, convention, even though she received about a 7% bump in the the polls, you would have thought that would have been enough to keep her going. But she also had some problems. But the real issue is with Donald Trump. That's what took the media, and that's what the media has been focusing on. So we're going to start with the problems for Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump had a pretty dark convention. I mean, I think most people would realize he talked about the doom and gloom or how America is retreating from the world. America is not doing well economically, and he's going to do something to change that. And his whole moniker of his whole campaign is America first. But for some strange reason, Donald Trump got into it with the Khan family how they criticized his anti-Muslim rhetoric and some of the things that he said about barring Muslims from coming to the United States. Now, the Khan family is a Gold Star parent. And for most people who don't know what that is, Gold Star parents are those who lost their son or daughter in combat. A Blue Star parent is somebody who has a son or daughter serving in the nation's armed forces. But the Khan family is a um, Gold Star parent. Now, for I understand why they would speak out against the policies of Donald Trump, but unbeknownst to only but Donald Trump, why he decided to get into it with the Khan family, and he just wouldn't let it go. And it kept going for the weekend. Now, it's interesting why he did this. And this is what most people don't understand, and I guess that's what some of the establishment Republicans, especially those who supported him, like Rudy Giuliani and Newt Gingrich are starting to kind of have an intervention with them. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But right after the Democratic convention ended Thursday night with Hillary Clinton giving her speech, the next day, the Commerce Department reported that the gross domestic product for the second quarter of the year only rose 1.2%. The previous month was just little over 1%. Now, they'll probably revise this up a little bit because this is just an an, an initial estimate. But again, even if it goes up to 1.8% or a little higher than that, there's still going to be 
um, a year where we're not going to have 3% growth in gross national product. Now, the last time America had a th uh, over 3% GDP was 2005. So Barack Obama, unless the next two quarters, which nobody is anticipating this, you would have to get well over 4% growth for both those quarters to get the GDP above 3%, and nobody's expecting that. So Barack Obama would be the first president in U.S. history never to have 3% growth in any year of his presidency. Now, we've had some pretty bad presidents in the past. Even George W. Bush had a couple years of 3% growth. So, But getting back to the original point, why Donald Trump decided to go after a gold star parent, which really is a no-win situation, and not focus on the economy. He should have focused like a laser beam on this minuscule GDP growth. And then that same day, it was reported that in a couple of news uh, media outlets that Hillary Clinton raised over $45 million from Wall Street and Donald Trump only raised $19,000. These are the two things Donald Trump should have been focusing on. These are the bud and brother, bed and butter issues that most Americans are, are concerned about is the economy. And for the Bernie Sanders crowd, they are so distrustful of Hillary Clinton trying to rein in Wall Street. When she uh, gathers $45 million, she got more from the financial sector or you know Wall Street than any other presidential candidate who ran this year. And there were a lot of them. Well over about 20 candidates ran. She got more money from Wall Street than any of these candidates combined. But why doesn't... Donald Trump focus on that issue. It's just it's just bizarre how he's running this campaign. Now he he talks about he goes to these these rallies. Now it's great he gets a, a huge crowd, but he hasn't invested in the things that he knew, needs to do. I understand how he won in the the primaries, but the primaries are far different than the general election and. During the primary, the media gave him a voice that the other Republican candidates didn't have the opportunity to have. Now, I understand they fought among themselves and never challenged Donald Trump. But that said, he gathered the media, covered him because it was a ratings bonanza for him. So the question is, what is he thinking? I mean, if he wants to triangulate to the general election, since he had a four-week um, head start over Hillary Clinton because she was still fighting the challenger Bernie Sanders. He really hasn't solidified himself with the Republican establishment that, as much as he loathes. But he's also still going after these Republican candidates, I mean, Republican leaderships. I understand he wants to rail against the establishment. I got it. But what, is this, what does this do when he's going after John McCain, the senator from Arizona? He goes after the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. He's even going after Kelly um, Ayotte, uh, the senator from New Hampshire, who's a conservative female. He went at it with Susan Martinez, the Latina or the Hispanic governor of New Mexico. And he spends all this time attacking people. And you can only do that for so long. People want to know, what do you stand for? And then he made some comments about what's going on in Europe, especially what's going on with Vladimir Putin and how to use nuclear weapons or just the basic issues. And it, people are starting to are concerned with this temperament.
why he hasn't focused on the economy, and then look at the stuff that's going on overseas in foreign policy. Just a couple, just a day or two ago, it was reported that the United States gave Iran four hundred million dollars. All throughout the time, hostages were coming back, and there was one of the hostages, a the, um, the Iranian American pastor said. We were waiting at the airport. We had a plane, was fueled, we had a pilot, and they said you can't take off until this other plane comes in first. And that plane was the plane that had the four hundred million, uh, not million dollars, four hundred, yeah, I guess dollars in various foreign currency like francs, um, Swiss notes, but not in American dollars. Even though the Justice Department objected to doing this. Because the way it would look, and it violates U.S. policy. So if a company did that, that's something called money laundering. But why hasn't Trump focused on that? Now, we're getting into the temperament part and how this is affecting his candidacy. Now, Republicans, obviously, he's got the nomination. Now, Republicans can replace him. It's just because he has a nomination doesn't mean he... um, they're going to go with them. Now, that said, I'm not saying they're going to dump them right now, but the establishment like Rudy Giuliani, um, Newt Gingrich, and some others are meeting, are going to try to meet with them, and I think they have met with them to say, what the heck are you doing? Now, the next two weeks, there's going to be a lull in the political campaign season because we have the Olympics. So everyone's going to be focused on that. This gives a good opportunity for the establishment to say, Donald, you've got to sh- – you're going to take us down because the Republicans are looking at they could possibly lose the Senate because a majority of the Senate's senators who are going up for reelection are in seats or in states that were won by Barack Obama. Now, the Republicans have some pretty good candidates, but that said, they're still one in, they still have to run in states won by Barack Obama. So these are things they're looking at. But if you look at the polls now, uh, Donald Trump is behind Hillary Clinton between eight to ten points. Now, a lot of this has to be done because she gets a, um, as Charles Krauthammer said, he's a syndicated columnist, and he mentioned that yeah, she gets a bump, four or five percent bump after the convention, and then at the same time there was this spat with the Khan family. So in two weeks we'll get a better gauge of where where we're at, especially when there's no. There's not going to be much coverage because everybody's going to be focused on the um, um, the Olympics. But that said, Republicans have got to start making a, making a decision. Do they go forward with this? Is this a a one time? Um, he changes his campaign because sometimes when he has these problems, he'd go back on the campaign trail and he's doing what every traditional candidacy has done. But are the Republicans going to go forward with? It? He's the nominee. He could. Take, they could lose very big in the Senate, and they could even lose the House. So that puts the Republican brand in jeopardy. Do they go forward with them? So now the Republican Party can replace them. There's mechanisms to replace a candidate like that. They did that, that happened with the Democratic Party in 1972 when then the vice president for George McGovern found out that he had some mental issues in the past that wasn't brought up, so they replaced him after the convention. Well, I can't remember the last time they've done that for the presidential candidate, but if they don't get it done by the end of um, August, then this is it. So Republicans got to be start thinking, even those supporters of Donald Trump have to be thinking, 
the temperament. And I think a lot of it goes back to where Donald Trump came from. He came from the New York media area, and he thinks that he has to respond to every critique about him. I mean, he has to realize as a political candidate, which Donald Trump is, people are going to make snipes at you. You can't respond to every little slight. Let your surrogates do that. You need to focus on what is America complaining about, which got you to this. Is the economy, the rigged system in Washington, the fight against the establishment. That's your bread and butter. Focus on the economy. How many people's lives have improved? Not just certain groups, but all groups. Look what's going on in the minority community. Get with them. Find out, has your city changed for the better? This is what he needs to focus on. But for some reason, he just goes on to these tangents, and he just doesn't let it go. Now, I understand there's bias in the media toward Republicans, but every Republican knows that. So you have to clean up that advantage. And the one thing that Hillary Clinton has over him, besides the money and all this stuff, is the fact that she has a ground game. You have to have a ground game to do this. I was um, kind of advising one person who was running for Congress, and she wouldn't listen. She didn't want to have a ground game. She didn't think she needed to spend on that. This is something you need to spend. This is not a business. You need to have a ground game. And we'll have to see if this intervention or if he listens. That's the next thing. Does he listen to his core advisors or he only listens to him and his family? It seems like he takes more advice from his family, but they're not schooled in politics. They may tell him that, hey, Donald, you got to knock it off, but he needs to learn because he could lose this election. Now, that said, there's also problems for Hillary Clinton. Now, the DNC, they were lucky in this respect. The DNC email scandal was kind of overshadowed by Donald Trump's focus on the Khan family. But, and they're blaming the Russians. So even um, James Clapper, the, I think the director of national intelligence, I think it was the director of national intelligence, either him or the CIA director, but I think he had... I'm not sure what position he was. I can't remember. But he even said in front of Congress that they're not sure. They're not ready to say it was the Russians. But that said, they should have looked at what was said in those emails. Bernie Sanders for months, dating back to last year, kept saying the DNC was has rigged the system in favor of Hillary. Well, the emails came out and stated that. But also one needs to look in those emails. There was anti-Semitic remarks. There was homophobic remarks. There was remarks against people who had serious illnesses. And there was remarks, as the Democratic Party always portrays itself as friendly to Hispanics, they made some disparaging remarks to Hispanics in referencing them the Taco Bowl. But that was missed because the focus was on Donald Trump and the, um, the Khan family. So the other thing that affected Hillary Clinton, she came out of this with a very good convention, very well done, had some of the big heavyweights in the Democratic Party. She had her former husband, President Bill Clinton. She had President Barack Obama. She had Vice President um, Joseph Biden. She had some very big heavy hitters speaking. So she comes out of the, the convention. Donald Trump is in this spat with the Khan family. Then she gets interviewed on Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace. And Chris Wallace... Um, 
wrote, I mean, excuse me, interviewed her on the email scandal, and it just blew up. She couldn't say that she made mistakes. She still kept repeating, I've sent, I've never sent or received classified materials. Now, the Washington Post gave her their highest ratings of four Pinocchios, and fact checker basically gave her the top one, which is pants on fire, meaning she lied. Even Ron Fournier, who's kind of friendly to the Clintons and covered them over the years, stated in an article in The Atlantic, mentioned that Clinton said in her interview, and she said this, Director Comey said, my answers, my answers were truthful. And what I've said is consistent with what I've told the American people, that there were discussions, decisions discussed and made to classify retroactively uh, certain of these emails. Basically, she lied. This is what Ron Fournier, she lied. She, um, Trey Gowdy asked um, Director Comey, he goes, did she send or receive classified materials? Yes, she did. So even her, 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 um, her aides or her aides, her supporters were like, they were just scratching their head. She still believes that she didn't do anything wrong. And this comes, this comes to um, always hurt her credibility on truthfulness. She's looked about well over 60% of the people just don't trust her. Every time she speaks, they feel that she's calculating of what's going on. Now, WikiLeaks was the one that dropped the bombshell on the DNC email um, hacking um, scandal. And they keep saying, we're going to release more. So, And the question, they keep blaming... Um, the Russians, let's just take that with face value. They blame the Russians and how Donald Trump is bad when it comes to national security. But if there's nothing, if there's nothing in there, what she said, because remember she said those 30,000s that she erased were her yoga lessons, Chelsea's wedding, and very personal things. Well, if there's nothing in there that's classified, then what does she have to worry about? So the question is, when will WikiLeaks release other email um, dump and see where that goes because this could really change the election. But the question is, is that her trustfulness, truthfulness is just not there and the public is kind of torn right now. I talk to Democrats and Republicans. They are not thrilled with the choices we have for president. And the biggest detriment to Hillary Clinton is the U.S. economy, even though the jobs report came out today, which looks pretty good. But in retrospect, it's still a very stagnant economy and what look what's going on overseas between the iran nuclear deal isis they're now bombing u.s is bombing isis in libya you got syria you got iraq china russia the world's a mess and she was a secretary of state in his first uh, term and a lot of these policies are her policies and his so these are the challenges hillary clinton has now she's given a break because the focus is now what she's running her campaign on, how bad and how unfit Donald Trump is for president. But if the if the spotlight ever swung back the other way and start looking at the U.S. economy and what she did as Secretary of State, and the question I would ask anybody that supports her, and I'm not here taking a stand either on Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, because I think both of them are very flawed candidates, I would ask, what is her main, what was her number one contribution as Secretary of State? What was her number one contribution as 
a U.S. senator and she was there for eight years. These are some questions that need to be answered. But right now, she's really framed it well. It's all on the fitness of Donald Trump for, um, for president. In the final aspect, it doesn't matter if Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton become president. One of them is going to get become the president of the United States. The question becomes is, how would that person govern? If a Trump or a Clinton become president, they're already despised by well over 60% of the American public. Well over 60% of the American people don't trust them. So how would they govern? How would they get their things through Congress when if they're already despised by the American people, the Congress isn't going to listen to them. They're going to listen to their constituents and what's better, what's best for them, not what's best for Trump or Clinton. So this is going to be an interesting next four years. And in my prediction, I'll say it here, whoever becomes president is going to have a difficult time and I would think would be a failure as a president because, because of their unpopularity. They would be so unpopular as they start their first term that they will hardly get anything done. At the same time, we've got the economy teetering and the problems abroad dealing with ISIS, Russia, China, and whatever comes up. So it'll be a long four years. The question I would go back to the American people, we need to be better informed. We need to have better choices when we run for president because this is what we're stuck with. But since then, this is what we've got. So stay in tune. Keep listening to Ubaldi Report. Oh, if you have a chance, go to Amazon or any other uh, major book dealers. I have a book out called The New Business Brigade, Why Businesses Need to Hire Veterans and the Untapped Resource They Represent. Keep going to Ubaldi Report. Check out my website. Go to, you can check, up, check on me on uh, Twitter and Facebook. If you go to my podcast, obviously, if you listen to this, keep going to my podcast. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want me to research or listen to, and I will do my best to, to, to do that. So if you get a chance, keep listening to Ubali Reports. Let your friends know. And until next time, listen, um, well, you'll be ta- listen to me on Ubali Reports. Take it easy. Have a great time.